when I got into naturopathy, which is what I'm specifically trained in, um, there was no clear defined path. You know, for me, uh, like a lot of people get into natural health and the field itself is because we went through some type of ailment ourselves where there was no answer for us. So we were left on our own to essentially find out what are we supposed to do to heal? Welcome back to the Strong Babe Collective podcast, where we are here to chat all the tools, tricks, and tangible steps that will help you call in the freedom, impact, and abundance you are here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I'm a coach, course creator, and your host, and I'm here to help you blend strategy with spirituality so that you can step into your power fully. Every week, you'll hear from me and our incredible guests on the show, so let's dive right into today's episode. Um, excuse me just one second, but I don't know if you have realized that right now you are listening to episode 100 of the podcast. Literally having like a little party in my apartment right now. so excited that we have just hit this massive milestone together, 100 episodes of the podcast. I am so freaking excited to be here, to have been able to have been serving you for this many episodes. And honestly, I am so grateful to you for listening to these 100 episodes. You babes are honestly what make this possible for me. The fact that you show up, that you listen, that you share the podcast with your friends, that you review it on iTunes, that you share it in your Instagram stories. All of you babes are honestly what makes this so possible. And it is honestly my greatest honor and privilege to be able to show up for you every single week and to share the tips and the tools and the mindset shifts and the strategies and the rituals and all the different things that help you to up-level your life and step into freedom, impact, and abundance. And I'm so grateful that I get to do that every single week. And I'm just celebrating so much that we have now hit the hundredth episode. We're in the triple digits, baby. (laughs) I'm literally so excited. And in order to celebrate this hundredth episode, I want to give back to you, babes. I'm so excited. I'm opening up a giveaway to celebrate 100 episodes and you can enter in order to win. What I'm giving away is a hundred dollar gift card to your favorite online store. I don't care what it is. It's totally up to you. I just want you to go and get yourself something that you absolutely love. So I'm giving a hundred dollar gift card away to whatever store the winner chooses, as well as access to my online course, my five day challenge aligned and abundant. Aligned and Abundant is my five-day challenge that helps you to step into your power, to learn how to manifest and to call in everything that you are so worthy of. So I'm giving that one away as well as that $100 gift card. And in order to enter, all you need to do is head over to my Instagram account at Taylor Ray Peters. Make sure that you are following and on the latest post, comment and tag three of your best gal pals and say why you know that they need to listen to the podcast, why they need to hear the message and why it's exactly what they need in order to call in all that they are so worthy of. The winner will be announced on October 11th. I am so freaking excited to do this giveaway, to give back to you, babes, and to celebrate 100 freaking episodes. Woo! (laughs) I'm literally so freaking pumped. So definitely go over, get yourself in that giveaway, and you could be the lucky winner announced on October 11th. Okay, so on this super duper exciting 100th episode, we also, it's quite a milestone to be honest, because this 100th episode also has something very exciting, and that is actually our first male guest on the Strong Babe Collective podcast. Um, yes, <laughs> how exciting. I'm so thrilled to have had our first male guest, and that guest is Dr. Stephen Cabral. Get ready, my love, because this episode is about to blow your mind. Honestly, when we were going through this interview, I was like taking so many notes. It gave me so much information, so many things that just helped me when it came to my health, my wellness, the way that I'm treating my body, so many different things, so many cool little life hacks and things that you can be doing a little bit differently in order to prioritize your health and your overall well-being. I loved this interview, if you can't tell. <laughs> I got so much out of it. I loved being able to ask all of these questions. And so many of you babes had submitted questions over on Instagram that you wanted me to ask Dr. Stephen Cabral as well. And I got to ask them. So there are so many answers that you babes actually wanted. And I'm so thrilled to be able to bring this to you inside of this episode. 
Dr. Stephen Cabral is a board-certified doctor of naturopathy and founder of the Cabral Wellness Institute. At 17 years old, Stephen was diagnosed with a life-altering illness and given no hope for recovery. Every day, he suffered endlessly for many years, and it was only after Stephen traveled all over the world and discovered how to combine ancient Ayurvedic healing practices with the -the state-of-the-art naturopathic and functional medicine did he understand how to fully rebalance the body and re-energize it with life. Today, in Dr. Cabral's online and Boston practice, where he and his team have completed over 250,000 client appointments, he uses functional medicine lab testing and personalized wellness plans to help people rebalance their mind and body to recover from autoimmune, thyroid fatigue, hormone, weight gain, digestive, childhood, mood, skin, and dozens of other hard-to-treat health conditions. His mission is to help people understand that there is always a reason why you have not achieved your ideal wellness or weight loss goals and that you can and will get well again. Like I said, there are so many great takeaways inside of this episode, and I know it's going to really help you to step into more wellness, more health, and really just living that revitalized life. I'm so excited to share this episode with you and make sure that you do screenshot and share your favorite parts of the episode inside of your Instagram stories and tag me at Taylor Ray Peters. And of course, Dr. Stephen Cabral as well at Stephen Cabral. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Stephen Cabral, welcome to the Strong Babe Collective podcast. I'm thrilled to have you and congratulations on being our first male guest. <laughs> We're excited oh, to have you. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know that. So thank and thank you for having me on. This is great. I appreciate it. Oh, honestly, we're thrilled to have you. And like I was just saying to you off air, we I have a lot of girls who I popped it on my Instagram story saying that you were coming on the show and questions started flooding in and I've got a very, one particular friend that is a very big fan of yours. So it's going <laughs> to be a very good episode and I'm really excited to dive into a lot. Good. I'm ready. Awesome. Awesome. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey, obviously, you know, kind of how you've gotten to where you are today. How have you sort of stepped into where you are and what's kind of led you up until this point? Yeah. So for me, when I got into naturopathy, which is what I'm specifically trained in, um, there was no clear defined path. You know, for me, uh, like a lot of people get into natural health and the field itself is because we went through some type of ailment ourselves where there was no answer for us. So we were left on our own to essentially find out what are we supposed to do to heal? And that was no different for me. I was 17 years old. I woke up one day, I thought out of the blue, extremely sick. And by that, I I mean, flu-like symptoms, swollen glands, tongue swollen my mouth, eyes closed shut, and um, you know, heart going 150 beats per minute. I just knew that it wasn't your average everyday cold that I would typically get. So my mother, like usual, took me to the pediatrician, and they looked at me, knew right away something was very wrong, but they had no idea what. So that really set off about two, three months of getting blood work done by every specialist around Boston. And um, simply put, they either told me it was all in my head or they told me they could see something was wrong, but they didn't know what it was. And they literally said to me that you're either going to get worse and then we'll know what to do, meaning medicate you, or hopefully you'll get better. And that was not really the answer I was looking for. So, uh, but I didn't have a better answer. That was the truth. And so 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, there was no real, at least where I grew up in Medford, Massachusetts, there was no internet. You had dial up at best. And we didn't, there was no other way. I mean, think about it. If you didn't have the internet, how would you find out the information? And if you didn't grow up in a holistic household, what were you supposed to do? So that's where I started. And, um, that's, uh, that was the beginning. I'm happy to share more if you'd like. Yes, definitely. It's so interesting. And it's not something that I've personally gone through, but I know people who have gone through not necessarily exactly what you've gone through, but similar sorts of things where, you know, you go to your, you know, typical like Western medicine doctor and it's kind of just like, well, we don't really know what it is. Sorry. It's not really a way to put anything on it. Like, like you said, like, you know, it's kind of in your head or, you know, just kind of deal with it and hope it goes away. And obviously I would love for you to expand it to sort of to hear where that went, what it turned out to be and kind of how that is sort of led you to where you are now like obviously you've been through it so I know that you've gone through like Ayurvedic medicine and things like that so I would love for you to sort of expand on that journey and kind of what happened like what did it turn out to be 
Yeah, so the interesting thing was about a year and a half to two years after being sick and really being shuttled to over two dozen specialists all around Boston, very brilliant, brilliant people. But, you know, the problem is if your blood work is not off, they don't have a lot of solutions or anything to do with you. There's a, or, you know, a, a famous quote basically that says, um, my doctor says I'm fine, so why do I feel so bad? You know, it's a lot of people with these symptoms. They just don't know what's going on. So after about two years, uh, my, my mother, you know, really looking to help me out however she could, asked around and asked around, and all of a sudden we found this alternative-based practitioner. Alternative was, you know, anything that was not conventional medicine, which is your typical PCP. Well, I go there, and this was really a chance meeting. They were literally a mile and a half down the road. Just nobody heard about them. Again, there was only yellow pages, right? Like, it's so mm -hmm. funny to think that. It's only 20 years ago, but still, yeah. that was the state of information. It was spread word of mouth only. There was no Yelp or whatever, you know, it may be all around the world. And so um, I went in there though. Uh, they were, it was a really nice setting. I got to spend an hour with that particular doctor and it was unrushed. I didn't feel, I felt like they wanted to hear my story. And that was my first, um, first time I had hope in a long time. Mm. So they sent me home with these at home functional medicine lab tests. And that began my journey into finding out food sensitivities, adrenal-based issues, et cetera. Now, I did make the mistake of when I got those lab results of taking them to my PCP, who then said, okay, now, you know, let's look at these other things we weren't even expecting. So they tested me for Addison's disease, which I had, type 2 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, POTS, which is called pot, uh, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which is basically you feel lightheaded every, every time you stand up, your heart rate starts to go 150 beats per minute walking up a flight of stairs, you have flu-like symptoms, which is called myalgic encephalitis, um, I had fibromyalgia, uh, really a lot of issues that we know how to easily fix today, uh, but there were debilitating autoimmune and, and adrenal-based issues back then. So um, what did my conventional medicine do, doctor do? They put me on a lot of pharmaceutical drugs, which helped the symptoms to go away. But as I then began to do more and more reading, I realized that the people that took this route ended up living a, a pretty shortened lifestyle, a shortened lifespan, and that is not what I wanted for myself. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That seems like so much to go through. And, like, obviously, you know, you sort of, like, headed in the direction of, you know, a different type of medicine, but then, obviously, to bring it back to more of, you know, the, the streamlined, you know, quote-unquote, like, normal, I guess, back then sort of medicine as well, which yes. kind of just puts you straight back into the same path, which I guess for the, a better way of putting it is like, it's kind of like just slap a bandaid on it and like pretend it's not there and kind of like just mask it rather than like, okay, why is this happening? Like, what are the root like symptoms of why this is going on? Um, and you know, I, again, like I've not gone through something like this myself. My stepdad actually has Addison's disease as well. So he, you know, has medication that he's consistently on. Um, again, I know a lot of people have gone through it, but not Addison's, but like things like this, like, you know, having like fibromyalgia or some sort of autoimmune disease. And for me, like the only exposure that I've really, in terms of knowledge about it, like um, Anthony William, medical medium is someone like, that's where I've like learned a little bit about it. Um, and the documentary Heal, which is on Netflix, which I found very eye-opening because it just sort of, it gives a real sort of insight that I think a lot of people don't even really understand this, like other options out there and that there are different ways to be treating things other than the conventional medicine path and I guess you know for those people like I like I said to you before like I know that you sort of like went down like like the Ayurvedic medicine medicine path and I would love to chat about that and again all I really know about that is from Sahara Rose on her podcast where she talks a lot about like Ayurvedic medicine but I would love for you to let our listeners know a little bit about that and I guess you know what happened when your like your doctors were sort of saying like okay like let's just go on all the medication like is that what you did or did you then decide like no I'm gonna look into different things myself. So I was still very much ingrained in conventional medicine mindset. You know, I grew up with that. I would take, uh, one of the reasons why I got so sick and, and ended up with autoimmune, adrenal, blood sugar, all those issues, is that I was on antibiotics three, four, five times a year. My, my conventional medicine, my PCP would just give us those antibiotics, amoxicillin, zithromycin, et cetera, anytime we just had the common cold. Yeah. And then when I was 14 years old, I had acne and I went to a dermatologist who put me on amoxicillin twice a day and I was on that for three 
three years before my body just shut down. Yeah. So, and I didn't know it at the time, but when I talk about, you know, this filling up of the rain barrel, well, that's what it is. I was drinking Kool-Aid every day. I was eating little Debbie snacks and I was, you know, eating poorly and I was exercising too much and trying to study and be a perfectionist and all these things. And it eventually it just eroded my body and it came to the point where my body broke and everybody has a breaking point. I broke a little younger than most. Some people break in their forties, fifties and sixties. Me, I was 17. So everyone has their own unique part. And that's what I started to discover. So I realized that sure the pharmaceutical drugs were helping to mask a lot of the symptoms and that was great, but that was never going to be the answer because I was still sick. I could feel my body was still weak. And what I eventually did was I began to just seek out alternative practitioners that I would now never refer to as alternative. I would say there is no alternative to alternative medicine because what are you going to do? You're either going to get well or you're going to mask the symptoms. And it always looks at the underlying reason why. So flash forward 10 years, that's how long my journey lasted. And although that's I mean, that's about nine and a half years longer than it should take anyone to get well now. Um, I was fortunate enough to see at least 100 different practitioners and realize that there's a unique journey for everyone here. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own path, but everyone can get well. When I met my mentor, I was still relapsing every three to four months, getting well, relapsing every three to four months. And she pulled it all together for me. She was the one who showed me how to combine Ayurvedic medicine with functional medicine, state-of-the-art lab testing, like I did just you know six years earlier than that, and then look at my genetics, my unique structure as well as a person, as a, as a body type, blend those together. Once I learned that, I was, I was, as I say, off to the races. Not only did I get well, but I couldn't get enough of it. I, I went back to school. I studied and interned all over the world, and Ayurveda became a very large part of my internship and study. I love that. And I, I love what you said where, you know, everybody can get well. Um, because I think for a lot of people who are maybe going through a, like an, an unlabeled condition or they're maybe having some of these symptoms that you're talking about, I think a lot of the time it can just be accepted like, well, this is as good as it gets. Like, this is about it. There's nothing I can really do about this, whether that's just their belief system or that's something that they've been told. But, you know, for those that are kind of going through these sort of things, or maybe even someone that doesn't even realize that they do have a condition and they're just kind of feeling foggy and lethargic and not really, you know, living optimally. Maybe they've never even experienced what that is, which I feel like for a lot of people does happen, you know, especially with, you know, the way nutrition and everything is and the way modern health is and everything like that. And it is very, you know, fast paced, get things done, you know, sleep when you're dead, like all those sorts of things. And it can be very easy to just be like, you know, I'm not necessarily coping, but I'm just doing the best that I can. You know, I have like four coffees in the morning and who cares? Like I'll have a Red Bull at lunchtime and like all these sorts of things to sort of just like find energy that you don't necessarily have. And for those, for people who are kind of going through things like that, like where's a good place for them to start, to start to improve their health and to find that state of, you know, elevated well-being. Well, that is what it's all about. It always starts with self-awareness, knowing that where you're at right now is not as good as it could be or that it should be. So if you look at it, you know, whether you're 25, 35, 45, 65, whatever it might be, um, you have to understand that the normal state of being human, and I didn't know this, I didn't know this for the longest time, is that you are supposed to, you are supposed to wake up on your own with energy be ready to get right out of bed, start the day, excited for the day, um, have strong stamina, endurance, libido, strength. Like you're supposed to have all of those things. And what I work with, you know, in my practice is predominantly women. It's about 80% women. And I see the um, lower energy, the fatigue, just like you said, having to start the day with a coffee or wanting to hit that snooze button. And it's because of the demands of life and also the poor quality of food that we're essentially giving ourselves. I go back, it's called the de-stress protocol that I use. And it's diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest, emotional balance, supplements, and a success mindset. And what we try to do in a lot of different health practices is that we try to go really deep on one. But the problem is that if we go real deep on one, it's hard to maintain. But if you were to be able to do 80% of all eight parts, 
you'd be living a totally different life. And so I just, for, for anyone out there, you know, if you have a disease diagnosis like lupus or Hashimoto's or rheumatoid arthritis or Addison's, I'm telling you right now, there is not a disease that we know of where someone has not overcome it. I am no, I no longer have any of those diseases. I get, I feel like I'm stronger and healthier every year that passes by. And that can be the same for each individual. I have no special powers. You know, I didn't grow up with any of that. And I was simply willing to look at what my deficiencies were, what my toxicities are. And then I realized that there is no such thing as a disease in the first place. And I know that seems kind of strange, but Hashimoto's is the disease name of the person who decided to coin that term. And it really stands for an autoimmune issue of your immune cells attacking your thyroid. And you can't say that that's genetic because you probably didn't have it when you were six years old. It means it's in your genetics, but it doesn't mean that you have to allow those expression of those genes. And it always goes back to an underlying reason of why is your immune system attacking your thyroid. And you could do that for anything. So that's how we try to look at it. And, and then with a self-awareness that whatever you're dealing with, disease diagnosis or not, you can absolutely and will overcome it if you choose to. Mm. So powerful, I feel. And Honestly, like I'm first to say it, I'm always first to put myself out there and say this, like I would say as, you know, being an entrepreneur as well, like running a business, you know, especially, you know, if for all my, I have a lot of listeners who, you know, have businesses, have side hustles, have very busy lives, like lots of things going on. I'm first to say for me, like that's something that, you know, even as you're saying, like, you know, waking up in the morning and not necessarily feeling that level of energy and, you know, grabbing a coffee and all those sorts of things. Like those are things that I'm first to say, like, that's me at the moment. Like that is literally where I'm at. And I will say that, yes, like I know that probably my health isn't as optimal as it, as it could be. Um, and I think like you said, like having that awareness is really important. Um, and I would love to know, like, what are some of the steps that we can start taking in order to like, to start to step into that? Cause I like, you know, not everybody's, you know, got like an, well, you might say differently. Like does everybody kind of have like some sort of autoimmune thing going on? I'd love for you to say, cause I don't actually know at all. Sure. No. And it, that's a great point to bring up. So, you know, there are foundational things that, that everyone should be doing and we can absolutely get into those. So that that's part of being a good, healthy human that you can get away with it for a, a while. And that depends on your genetics and it does depend on, you know, the strength of your constitution, those types of things. But, you know, what we want to look at is that most people right now are dealing with, I shouldn't say most, about two thirds of the people that we meet with in our practice are dealing with some type of digestive disorder. Mm -hmm. They have a little bit of bloating or gas. They can't tolerate very many foods or um, constipation or loose stool, acid reflux. And those are all the first signs that you're most likely, at best case scenario, you're just not absorbing a lot of the nutrients that you take in. So if you're not absorbing a lot of the nutrients you take in, even if you're eating the best organic food, you're not getting the vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids, and everything else, essential fatty acids that come with eating good quality food. Well, that's what your body's made up of. So over time, you have less B vitamins, you have less vitamin C, you have less vitamin E, your mitochondria don't have as much food for them literally to produce energy. So that's when we turn towards the coffee or any type of stimulant it may be. Sometimes it's an herbal-based stimulant instead. So those are the first signs that maybe, well, maybe we're overworking. That, that's possible. But, you know, what I like to say, too, is that you can work hard as long as you recover just as hard. And that means you get the nutrients that you need, you get the sleep that you need, and that you also get a little bit of, like, downtime and fun time and, and you time. So what I do is, I mean, I work hard during the day, and by that I mean, like, I'm, I'm on. But I have an hour when I wake up in the morning that I recommend for everyone. Wake up an hour before the rest of your world, and that's usually your household or your business, whatever it is, and that's your time for self-care. It's easing into the day. It's doing your meditation or your yoga or a little bit of exercise if you want. Listen to something inspirational. Journaling, making yourself a smoothie, like whatever it is that you need to do for yourself, that should come first because it then sets the tone for the day rather than waking up to a, you know, an alarm clock, blazing your ear, spiking those cortisol levels to which you never can recover from. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're like hitting all the things that I I'm very big on all of those things. And I'm very big on a morning routine. It's actually one of the questions that I had for you was, you know, what does your morning routine look like? Like what are your non-negotiables? But you have ticked off a lot that, you know, I'm assuming a part of yours are definitely a part of mine. I'm, I'm big on the meditation, big on the journaling. I'm big on um, a warm lemon water with like a little crack of Himalayan, Himalayan salt in it. And I always yes. have it on the, on the balcony in the morning, watching the sunrise while I journal, like, it's become very important to me. Um, and I agree. Like if I don't 
do those things in the morning, like the tone of my entire day feels out of alignment. Like it just feels out of whack. Um, do you have anything that you, it's like a non-negotiable for you in the morning? Well, the non-negotiable for me is waking up that one hour before the rest before be, I mean, I have two, I have two girls, so they're five and seven years old and my wife. So for them, they're going to wake up between 6.30 and 7 a.m. And that's when they're going to kind of get ready for their day for school and all those, you know, different types of things. So what I do is I just know then, okay, I have to wake up at 5.30. And if I wake up at 5.30 now, just like if you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, well, start with the end goal in mind and then work backwards. So if I know that I want to get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, because that's what works best for my body, then I work backwards those hours. So that means I need to get in bed somewhere between 9.30 and 10 p.m. And that might be really early for a lot of people. And it's really early for me. To be honest, I'd love to stay up. I love staying up till midnight or so. But the truth is that I like waking up earlier in the day more. So you have to choose, right? Because you can't just get five and a half hours of sleep. Yes, you can for a while, but you will burn out. So the quality of your work will go down. Your service to whether it's your family or in your business uh, will go down as well. So you can only sustain that as a human for so long. Humans need between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. Uh, if you're an athlete or you're a hardworking entrepreneur, you need more because your nervous system is always primed, always going. So those are my non-negotiables right there. And then it's my one hour to ease into the day. And yes, I have a routine and it's like clockwork. And the reason why it's like clockwork, and I recommend this for everyone, is it's you can't give yourself a hundred different things to go through for decisions a day. You need to have a routine that limits your bandwidth. So for me, like you'll see, we're doing this on video, but I wear a white shirt every day, Monday through Friday. And I don't do that because I think that white's my color or anything like that. White is simple. It's easy. It's a white shirt. That's all I have to do. I take it out of my closet and it's exactly the same as the rest. So it, it makes my decisions. It's called decision fatigue, right? Okay. What are your kids going to have for lunch in the morning? Just make the same lunch Monday, a separate one Tuesday like make the same thing every day. I'll tell you right now, you'll get back that bandwidth, that, that brain space set, then you'll get more creativity during your day. You'll feel more alive. So those are all things that I do. And one routine is going to work for one person. Another will work for another, but create your routine that gives you life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love it so much. I've definitely heard that before. And it's something I've done for a really long time. I think just on a subconscious level, I've always been someone that like, if I was going to do yoga in the morning, like I have my yoga outfit organized at nighttime, like everything that I needed because I didn't want to wake up in the morning and give energy to trying to think about what it was that I was going to wear, like all those sorts of things. I do love though, the fact that you have the same shirt that you wear, like the same <laughs> shirt every single day. I think that that's great. But I, yeah, I have definitely heard that. And I think that that's really powerful. And I think for those listening, like that's just like such an easy, small little tweak that you can do. Number one, you know, do give yourself that extra hour in the morning and commit to it. Like exactly what you said, like, yes, like everybody wants to like stay up till midnight and have a great time, but what's more important to you and what are you willing to sacrifice in order to, you know, get the most out of your day. And if that means you go to bed an hour earlier so that you're getting up an hour earlier to then put yourself in the right mindset and the right energy and set yourself up for the day. To me, that's totally worth it. And I think for those listening that that in itself is going to be really, really powerful because I think a lot of the time people say, you know, I want to feel better and I want to have a better routine, but I just don't have time in the mornings. Like I've got to get up and I've got the kids and everything. But it is exactly what you said. Like, we'll get up an hour earlier, like find it, like make room for it because it is there. We've all got the same 24 hours in the day, but you need to prioritize what it is that is most important to you. So yeah, I think that that's amazing. It's definitely one of the questions that came through um, when I did put it on my Instagram stories. A lot of people were asking about the importance of sleep and like how many hours and things like that, you know? So I think you saying like between seven and nine hours and then also assessing you know, what it is that's going on in your life. Like if you are, you know, entrepreneurial or, you know, you're managing a busy family and all those sorts of things, like assessing, like it might look like more for you depending on what's going on for you. So do you find, this is like, I guess, a personal question on my end, but do you find that people who um, maybe are sleeping like five hours, six hours consistently over and over again, and I say this because I've done it, um, and then you go, okay, cool, I'm going to catch up on my sleep and you get like, you know, nine or 10, but then you wake up exhausted and it's it's almost like your body's like oh thank goodness i can finally slow down yes well that's part of it but also you know what happens is that and this is why it's so important that you the routine i mean it honestly is because we have something called a circadian rhythm and as humans we're diurnal beings that means we're meant to be up during the day and we're meant to be asleep during dark hours and i know a lot of people would try to argue with that and say oh no some people are night owls and this and that but I can assure you, if you think about it, take, you know, go out during the summertime, take a tent into the woods, 
I'm telling you, by the end of that three weeks, you will be waking up at 5.30 and going to bed around 8.30, 9 o'clock. You just will because when you wake up at 5.30 a.m. for a week straight to that sun, it then starts to – it lowers melatonin, first of all, because that's what the sun does when it rises. Cortisol levels naturally start to rise. It's called the cortisol awakening response. And then we start to peak out around noon, and it starts to fall back down. Well, we actually peak out around 8, 9 in the morning, but then we get that sharper decline in the afternoon. People are like, well, you know, I start to get tired around 5 or 6 o'clock at night. And I said, you're supposed to start to get a little tired around 5 or 6 o'clock at night. You're not supposed to be, you know, putting in that second day. Now, I know a lot of us have to for other reasons. Now, you shouldn't be exhausted falling asleep, but we actually get our lowest drop in cortisol at 9.30 p.m. at night. And this is clinically verified. So what happens though, is if you stay up past 10, you start to get that second wind, you start to get that little bit extra. So I say, you know, get a good book, get into bed um, around 9.30 if you can, you'll fall asleep naturally. And if you don't wake up naturally, use a wake light, use something that gradually gets brighter one minute at a time. It's one of my favorite little um, hacks there to wake up naturally without a really loud alarm clock. Mm. And um, it makes it makes a huge, huge difference. But you know, the reason why people don't do a lot of these things, and I understand it, is because of time. So just like you were saying before, I thought it was a really great point. You put out your exercise clothes the night before because you don't want any excuses or you sleep in your workout clothes. Make it even easier. You know, like you just make it so simple. You know, every morning I make a smoothie for breakfast. One is it doesn't take any energy from my body to digest that. So now I have more energy. Trying to digest chicken sausages and eggs every morning is just so heavy a breakfast. It takes a lot of your energy and then you need even more coffee to help break it down. But if you can just, and I make the same smoothie basically every morning. It's always about... Uh, make it easy for yourself. Make it a routine. Can you see yourself doing this for the next five years? I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am and getting so many key takeaways out of it. If you are listening to the episode and thinking to yourself how amazing it is that Dr. Stephen Cabral has really stepped into his purpose and figured out how he is here to show up and serve and you want to figure out how you can start doing that as well around whatever it is that you are passionate about, then I want to remind you that enrollment is open right now for my six-week group program, Next Level Launch. If you feel called right now to step into your purpose, to start to really monetize your passion and to have the impact that you know that you are here for, Next Level Launch is for you. Over six weeks together, I'm going to walk you through the process to taking your own life's journey, your own transformation, whatever it is that you have been through that you're passionate about and that you are truly an expert in, whether you realize it or not, and teach you how to create your own course or program so that you can show up and serve those that need you and call in the income as a result that you are so worthy of. I have walked countless girls through this process in order to coach everything from the foundations of business to being mental illness, to learning to love themselves again, to knowing how to monetize their creative zone of genius and so much more. I've been very, very blessed to work with countless clients from helping them to figure out their purpose and what they are here to teach to then launching and filling group coaching programs and then all the way to doing their first five figure months. And that's exactly what I'm teaching inside of this six week program. So if you feel called to step into your purpose, to start to teach your passion and to call in the abundance as a result that you are so worthy of, make sure you go and check out my course, Next Level Launch. You can check out all the course details, the bonuses that are included, testimonials from past clients and the different payment options that are available by heading to www.strongbabe.co forward slash next level launch. And because you are a listener of the podcast, I want to give you a little discount to make it a lot easier to join me inside. So when you get to the checkout, use the code podcast in order to save 10% off the enrollment fee, whether you jump on the payment plan or the pay in full option. I'm so excited to see you inside and to help you monetize your passion, to step into your impact and to call in the income you are so worthy of. Mm, yeah, definitely. On that, I would love to know, like, you know, for a lot of people, we kind of operate on a like Monday to Friday, but then weekends are different. Like weekends, yes. you know, just let it go. Like who cares? Inhibitions to the wind. And what are your thoughts on that? And how does that reflect in your life as well? Like, obviously you've got kids, you've got a family, like you're going to do fun things. Like I know that you're about to go and do a lot of travel and exciting things as well. What happens then? Like, obviously it's very easy when you've got your consistent routine and it's based on your work day and everything like that. But you know, you're all going out to brekkie on a Saturday and how does that play into your life? And how do you find that, you know, I'm not a big fan of the word balance, but like, you know, for the better use of, you know, not having a different word, how do you find, how do you integrate that into your life? 
Yeah, and you know, and, and I'm glad that you brought that back up because I didn't fully answer your question. If you sleep that, let's say you sleep 10 hours, 11 hours, and you wake up more groggy, one of the reasons you wake up more groggy is that you didn't wake up at the normal time when your cortisol is rising at its peak. So if you're sleeping past eight o'clock, you're really, you miss that six to eight o'clock window of when cortisol raise, rises to its highest point um, for the day. So that's really important to look at it. So now let's just say, okay, you're getting to bed by 10 p.m. And, and one thing too is, a lot of people going to bed at midnight right now or 1 a.m. Don't aim for 10 p.m. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that's a goal someday. For right now, all I want you to do is work back 15 minutes each night for a week, okay? If that went well, do another 15 minutes. Maybe it takes you another month to get back. But if you can work back from midnight or 1 a.m. to 11 and you can sleep 11 to 7 instead of like midnight to 8 or 9, you're going to get your life will change just from that alone. Yeah. So. You know, what the issue with me is I was learning these things in my 20s. I was implementing, but then I'm still a, you know, 20-something-year-old guy. I'll go out on Friday night or Saturday night till 2, 3 in the morning, and I'm with all my friends, and I'm having a great time. The problem is on Sunday, I'll wake up at noon or 11 a.m. I can't fall back. I can't go to bed at 10 a.m., 10 p.m. that night. Mm -hmm. I've only been up for 12 hours. So that's a big part of the issue, unfortunately. You know, it's not unfortunate because um, I was fortunate enough to be able to learn all these things. So, you know, people say, like, are you upset that, you know, you were put on all this pharmaceutical drugs and you got sick and all of these different things? And I always say no, because one is I learned so many valuable lessons. I learned the shortness of life. I wasn't expected to have a, a long, healthy life. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have a lot of gratitude and perspective. That's allowed me, though, to say, OK, in order for me to have the life that I want, there are certain sacrifices I do have to make. And so if I want to go out with all my friends, and I will still, the max I'll really go out to, and I know it's going to be not, not as uh, popular, but I'll go out before midnight. That's it. But I won't sleep till later than 7 a.m. So yeah. I'll get a little less sleep. But the reason I do that is to stay on my sleep schedule because I used to have terrible insomnia. And then I'll be able to catch back up. Maybe I'll go to bed at uh, 9.15, 9.30 that next night, and then I'll catch up another half hour sleep. Yeah. 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 That makes so much sense. And look, I'm all about it. I'm like a little grandma at 27. Like, <laughs> you're like, Oh, a lot of people like go to bed at like midnight and one. I'm like, Oh, that's horrific. Like I am like a nine 30 bedtime girl. <laughs> um, so I've always been a big sleeper. Like if I don't get eight hours, I feel it. Like I really, really do. So yeah. But I think that that is, um, I think that's really great. I think it's a really good way of looking at it. Like, yes, of course you can fit in all those other elements of your life and like the fun things, but set boundaries around what works for you and honor that and realize like, yeah, okay. Like you get to go out and you get to have a fun time or, you know, your morning routine might be a little bit different. And maybe you might eat a little bit differently if you go out for brekkie with friends or family or something like that. But, you know, making adjustments in other areas of your life to sort of compensate for that. And so that you're still feeling really good and, you know, operating optimally as well. So I think that's really great advice because I think sometimes people can go like, do exactly this and don't deviate. And then that feels very restricting and that can be really hard for people to implement, which definitely brings me back when you were talking about all those different pillars and rather than going really, really deep on one of them, um, kind of going like 80% on each. So can we just dive in a little bit more to what those pillars are and how you kind of, I guess, figure out like where to start in terms of each of those yes. different things that we want to be fixing and like bettering ourselves on? Sure, absolutely. And you know, one part of this too is we, we want to customize this for each individual, but we always think, and, and you know, we've worked with a lot of people in the practice and everyone always thinks that kind of like their situation is very unique. But I would say as humans, like you and I, it's our first conversation together. I would say we have more similarities than differences. We have more, you know, like in terms of just like energy and those types of things is you have to understand that the human body was meant to operate in a very specific structure and way. And it's when we deviate from that, we start to get then diseases of the body. Now I'm more prone, like all four of my grandparents and both my parents had rheumatoid arthritis. It's in my genetics. But maybe in your genetics, it's lupus or it's Hashimoto's or sarcoidosis or MS, like any, name any one you want. So, you know, even though we have different diseases that we're, um, that are predilections that we're, that we might get one day if we don't stay within balance, the ways that we fall into that trap are all the same. And so they go, and what I've realized, and this took, you know, many years in, in practice is that it goes back to the diet and I'll just name them diet, 
exercise or just think about movement. You don't think have to think about boot camps and crushing your body, but movement. And then there's stress reduction, right? We have to reduce stress. And then there is um, toxin removal. This is a big one. Most people don't know that there are over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the world. The majority of these were created after 1950. That 1950, that means all of the millions of years that humans have been kind of evolving and all that, never once have we been exposed to these man-made chemicals, half of which we know cause cancer. Mm. It's not a mystery of how, why, and there's more and more cancer, and why cancer is set to overtake heart disease and every other disease as the number one killer in the world by the year 2030. It's because we keep pumping more of these carcinogens into our world and they're not even listed. Like the average woman walks out of the house with 126 different chemicals on her body from shampoos and conditioners and toothpaste to the air they breathe to the tap water that has fluoride to the chlorine breathed out of the, you know, shower head. And so the thing is you could be overwhelmed by all this, or you could say, I'm going to do everything that I can to live a good, healthy life. 80%. 90 if I can, but I don't have to be perfect in, that, in order to have that great life. So um, diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. You know, um, when you're in the fight or flight, getting your kids ready for school, you're in traffic or in a meeting, you're in fight or flight. We as, as Western-based people, we don't do a great job at calming the nervous system journaling, watching the sunrise. That's another reason to wake up early is that if you don't get, if you don't watch that sunrise or, or close to it, you're missing out. It's one of the most peaceful times of your day. Cause mm -hmm. there's a lot of people up at 11 o'clock at night and midnight, but very few people are up at five 36 in the morning. Go yeah. for a walk. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful time of the day. So that's the parasympathetic nervous system. Then there's the emotional balance. Some people are sick. They're unwell. They can't lose the weight because of emotion, grief, shame, guilt. I, I talk about nine specific emotional balances. There's supplements. Supplements are very important. You know, since um, the, this technology, 1940s, 1950s, we now have anywhere between 13 and 40% less nutrients in our food. So again, we're eating the best food, but we're not getting all the nutrition. And, but it, people, again, try to say supplements are like the end-all be-all. They're one part of an eight-part system. And then success mindset. I know a lot of people that should never have gotten well, but they simply believed and they were, will they were unwilling to give up. And then there are a lot of people that should get well. They're right there. What is holding them back? Well, they associate, and this is really important, they associate with their disease. They are a sufferer of this, a victim of that. And I can't stress enough, you are not a victim of your disease. It's unfortunate that you got it, but learn from it. It can be one of the best blessings in your life, um, but you can't be associated with you. You are not your disease. You have a disease right now, but you are not the disease, which means you can now overcome it. But if you are the disease, if you have that, it is not something that you'll ever be able to get rid of, no matter how great your practitioner is or the program that you're doing. Mm -hmm that like hear that that is so important and it is something that we talk about a lot here on the podcast as well as like you know it ties in with everything like the power of your affirmations the power of your thoughts like sub on a subconscious level like what are you affirming to yourself over and over and over and over again because whatever you're affirming to yourself you're making true for yourself and you have the ability at any moment to disassociate from that and to change the way that you are showing up and identifying yourself so i think that is so key for so many areas of life, like absolutely everything. But I think, you know, in terms of like your health and your well-being, I'm really, really glad that you said that because I feel like it can just definitely be the thing that people forget about. They, they remember, you know, like don't be stressed, like get my sleep, like have my nutrients, like all of these things. And then they're like, oh, but I still feel so unwell. I'm so sick. And they're affirming it over and over again. And that's what they're creating to be their truth. So I'm really, really glad that that is in there. And all of that adds up to be the rain barrel effect. And that's inside of your book. Yes. Did you want to tell us a little bit about the book and um, just what, you know, I know it's obviously got a lot to do with all of that, but for those that are interested in finding out a little bit more, would love to sort of just hear about the book and what it will help them with. Yeah, absolutely. And the book was simply created because we, we've seen now over a quarter million people, we, want to be able to help as many people as we can globally. So what we, the first half of the book is me talking about what the rain barrel effect is. And it affects us in every part of our life. It's simply, why did I get sick at 17 years old when some people get sick at 45 or not until 80, whatever it might be? Well, everyone has their own rain barrel. And you fill it up faster or slower depending on what you expose yourself to. Yes, part of it's genetics, but really it's environment because you can overcome really any genetic-based issues 
with the proper environment. So, you know, for me, it was all the antibiotics. It was the poor food choices. It was the stress. It was also, I was a senior in high school. I was going to be leaving all of my friends. I was going to be relieving all my, uh, or leaving all my relationships. I was the oldest in my family. So I'd be leaving my family and it was the great unknown. And for me, that was very stressful. I was also a super perfectionist and played sports and all of that filled up this rain barrel. Mm -hmm. And what happened was it overflowed. And then one day I was then sick. Now I thought, you know, nobody knows how I got sick. Well, it didn't happen overnight, just like for all of us. You know, if you wake up tomorrow and you have swollen glands and you have, you know, um, some type of virus, well, your, your body got run down. Yes, it might have been exposed to something on a plane flight, but the problem is you were run down most likely before you got on that plane and then you left yourself susceptible to it. Because I'll tell you, when those 300 people leave that plane, not every single one of them is going to be sick that next day. So that's, that's the rain barrel effect affects us in all parts of life. Sometimes, you know, it's just like, okay, uh, our kids woke up early. We didn't get a great night's sleep. And then you forgot to make the lunches for school, like all those things. And then one little thing happens, like someone rings the doorbell and you just start yelling. You're like, well, it's just a doorbell. Well, that's the rain barrel effect as well. It's just that it's the breaking point for everyone. And so what you have to do is empty that rain barrel. And that is always the answer. It's replacing your deficiencies, your B vitamins, like whatever it might be, but it's also your joy in life, replacing the joy that's missing. And then also it's um, removing the toxicities and that's the aluminum and the mercury and the candida overgrowth and the SIBO and parasites, all the things that people have. Um, and then we, I tell you exactly how to do that through the de-stress protocol, which we've mentioned a few times now. Yeah. And that is in the book. It's called the rain barrel effect. Um, and a hundred percent of, of the uh, profits do go to charity, you know, with that book. It's, it's our kind of our mission to get this, this teaching and work out to people. That's amazing. That is so amazing. I didn't know that, um, but I do have the book and I've sort of just started to dive into it, but I'm already excited by it and what I know it's going to do for my life. Um, and thank you for that as well. And um, yeah, for those who want to get, I love that all the proceeds go to charity. That's amazing. And um, for those that want to get the book, where can they find it? equilibriumnutrition.com is our virtual home for functional medicine and integrative health. Uh, that's where people can do at-home lab testing. The same, it's crazy, but you know, 20 years ago, I'm, I'm, I learned about the same labs I'm now using in my practice today. I mean, it, it, every time I say that, it just seems like, how is that possible? But that's sometimes what life does. Yeah. And then um, that is where the book is as well. And then of course, it's on Amazon. Okay. Amazing. 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 And we'll link it in the show notes as well so that people can go and get it because I just think what's in there is really, really important that people start to learn about it and start to apply it to their lives so that they can truly just start to get the most out of their lives. It's literally waiting for them. And it's just like some small changes that you can start making. Um, in terms of the chemical side of things and everything like that. And I love that. I love the de-stress protocol. I love everything about it, but I love that it's an acronym and it's really easy to remember. And people go, okay, cool. And I can start to tick off each of those little things. I guess I wanted to touch on a few things. I had a few questions coming through from girls who were like so excited that you were coming on the show. Um, in terms of the chemical side of things, you know, obviously you say, I think you said 120 chemicals that as women, was it 120 that we're leaving 126. with? 126. 126, yeah. Yes. And, you know, obviously, you, know you, can, you can feel it. You can tell. Like, you know, think about all the makeup and things that we're putting on, like everything like that, as well as everything else you said, like shampoo, like fluoride, all of that. In, I know that you say like, you know, start small and sort of get 80% on each area. What are some of the things that we can do there? So should we be looking for a particular, in terms of makeup, like organic skincare or like what, what are some of the things that we can start to do there? Because obviously it's, you know, it's what we're consuming as well as what we're putting on our body. So where's a good place to start? That's exactly where I would start. It's anything that you consume. So remember your skin consumes what you put on it. So your skin is porous and it goes right to your bloodstream. So the interesting thing is that if you put some food in your mouth, at least that has to be processed by your stomach and your stomach acid and your intestines and then your liver. But with your skin, it goes directly to your bloodstream. It can go directly to your heart, wherever it might go, your brain. So I always say, start with your food, your water, and then your cosmetics or, or bathroom supplies. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, you really done a lot of the work. So, you know, what, what is it food? Like, let's keep this easy. It's the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So the clean 15 are the foods that have the least amount of pesticide. And that's a great thing. So if you need to not, if you like, if you can't buy everything organic, well, the clean 15, you could purchase non-organic. You could purchase more conventional. And keep in mind, um, it typically has more 
vitamins and minerals though in organic um, even though there's not as much pesticide because it's grown in organic soil now the dirty dozen are the food products that you always want to buy organic or never eat if they're conventional based. That would be like strawberries. You can't wash the pesticide off a strawberry. It's inside of the flesh of the food itself. So that's, and it changes every year. So that's important to look at it. Like strawberries are always basically on the top of the list, but if you go to ewg.org, that's the environmental working group, you can type in your, your products that you're using right now and you can find um, non-toxic products. But basically for food, clean 15, dirty dozen. For your water, filter your tap water. Don't listen to your city. I don't care what they say. Every day in a new city, we find pharmaceutical drugs in there. We find all sorts of things lead that you should not have in there. So here's the thing. They only test for about 400 chemicals. They don't test for 77,000 chemicals. Yeah. So we have to take that into consideration. So use a Berkey water filter. Use your favorite reverse osmosis. Add some minerals back in. Himalayan sea salt and a squeeze of lime or lemon. That's perfect. You get your electrolytes back in there. Um, easy things. And then um, a shower filter. It's $30 and it's a great investment. Your hair will be better, your skin will be better, and you won't be breathing in chlorine vapors. Chlorine comes out of the water, but with a hot shower, it ends up being a vapor, which is a gas. You breathe it in through your nose or mouth. You can't see it, it's invisible, and it goes right into your lungs and right into your bloodstream. So it's very toxic, very dangerous. And then for your kids, use a bath filter. Just put it over where the water comes out, and then you can let the water filter right through that to get rid of that chlorine as well. So those are super easy, super simple to do, um, not very expensive to do that, and, and I believe everyone can start to work on it. Yes. I'm like, as soon as we get off this interview, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a list of all the things that I could be doing better in my life. Like even like things like I'm sipping on a lemon water right now, but it's not filtered. Like I'm supposed to say that. So I'm like, okay, got to get that. Like, um, lots of little things that I think we can all very easily apply to our lives. And it makes me very excited. Like, and I think for anyone listening to don't feel bad if you're like, oh no, I do those things. Like I'm not doing this. I could be doing better. It's like, get excited because this just means like, however you're feeling right now, there is like a world of feeling better ahead of you. And I think that that's a really like something to look forward to rather than to feel bad about it. Because if you feel bad about it, you're just going to create lots of resistance and that's like a low vibrational energy. We just don't want to be, and you just want to be really excited about like, okay, cool. Like so many steps that I can start to slowly implement into my life to feel better. Um, I wanted to ask about alcohol and coffee and what your takes are on that. Cause it's a question that I get asked it a lot. Like, do you drink alcohol? Like, do you drink coffee? All this sort of things. I'm no expert. So I would love that you are. So I would love for you to tell us I'm definitely been sipping on a coffee while we've been having this conversation. And the whole time I'm like, Oh, probably <laughs> shouldn't have had a coffee. So, but No, that's, I mean, and those are like, you know, people's favorite things so we have to be careful what we say here but I could give you I can give you the the clinical answer and the research answer so yeah. research is a little different than clinical so clinical is what happens in the real world in practice and research is what they see in a lab and in studies yeah. so um, one thing that's really important to look at is that alcohol uh, is detrimental to the system it is a poison it is you mean you drink too much and I know that it's like this for most things but um, it shuts down liver detoxification meaning like your liver actually has to work on breaking down the ethanol and and so that it doesn't it has to get you have to get it out of your bloodstream the reason why you feel um, you know a little tipsy or a little inebriated is because you've actually been poisoned just a bit you know and that's that's the effects of the alcohol so we have to keep that in mind now again do i drink alcohol yes i do um but it's um i look at it like i'm, I'm a really I'm a, I'm a fan of the blue zones and, and how they live and people will try to refute it but the blue zones are the longest lived cultures in the world and when they got together with friends they got together with family they didn't worry too much about what they were eating specifically and they had a couple drinks together but they that was the parasympathetic nervous system right that's relaxing that fight or flight that's the joy that comes from it and that will overpower everything so um from a research perspective two to three alcoholic drinks per week after two to three alcoholic drinks per week, the incidence of cancer and heart-based issues did increase. So I'll just give you, that's the research. People can decide what to do. But keep in mind, if you're drinking a glass of wine or two each night, it also affects the quality of your sleep. Yes, it will put you to sleep faster. So you feel like, oh, I'm getting good sleep, but you're actually not. Because each of us get three to four deep sleep cycles per night, every 90 minutes. Well, when you drink alcohol or use certain drugs, yes, you go to sleep faster. Like taking, I used to take sleep 
sleep medication. It doesn't get you into those lowest and most restorative levels of sleep. So over time, you start to feel groggy upon waking. Your skin starts to look a little bit thinner. You, I mean, you don't produce as much collagen. Your body gets worn down. So, you know, that's my take on alcohol. My real take on alcohol is pick one night a week. One night a week, have a meal of whatever food you would like, have a couple drinks with friends, not by yourself, with friends or your partner, whatever it might be, enjoy yourself. That's part of life. Now, coffee is a little different. So coffee has a lot of health benefits to it. It's very high in antioxidants. It can be good for cognitive performance. But, you know, if we want to start going down the Ayurvedic route, which it's, it's such an in-depth topic, I can look at you and your body type and I can tell you are predominantly the kapha body type, but it's, you have a very unique body type because you are not a true kapha. You're a kapha pitta body type, which means that you have a pretty resilient, you said you haven't been really sick or, or those types of things. You have a, your constitution is going to be quite strong, good hair, good skin, good nails, good teeth, robust immune system. But, you also have to look for the downsides of the kapha because there's so much. You actually need less sleep than the vata, much less sleep, and even less sleep than the pitta. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're going to be able to push yourself. Um, however, you're going to be more prone, most likely, to blood sugar dysregularity. You're going to be more prone to higher blood pressure, potentially higher cholesterol, potentially lower thyroid, um, and potentially weight gain. Now, you're in great shape. You're full of energy. So you don't have any of those things because you're living right for your constitution. So you get to be, like a lot of people say, oh, cough body type, I'm gonna be overweight. That's not the truth. You're, you can be in amazing shape for every body type. Now, have, why did I say that? Well, the cough body type actually does really well with coffee because they naturally produce oftentimes less dopamine. They, that's why one of the reasons why their thyroid's a little bit more sluggish, their metabolism's a little bit more sluggish, it takes them a little, um, they're not as fast starters, they're a little bit more stagnant to get going. They don't want to do vigorous-based exercise, even though that's typically what they need. Where the vata, they want to do vigorous exercise when really they need hatha yoga, and they need to sip on peppermint tea or chamomile tea instead of coffee. Yeah. So we, all, we do these things that are not always right for our constitution, uh, but keep in mind, no one's, like a, no one's typically a pure whatever it might be, you are a pretty balanced type, but the predominance is still about 50% kapha. And then you have a nice balance in vata and pitta as well. So coffee for you could be quite beneficial, um, but for an ectomorph or vata body type more prone to anxiety, coffee is very bad. Um, how do you know? Well, you can actually run a lab to look at your cortisol levels and you can see uh, what it's doing to your cortisol and, and your stress. Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. And I love that you just like picked me and like did all of that. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. Like starting to know <laughs> myself a little bit better. How do people find out whether they are a kapha or a pitta or a vata? It, you know, I would love to say, hey, do an online quiz. You'll be able to figure it out. But those online quizzes are more marketing-based than anything. Um, I'd love to be like, hey, you, you should do this. It's definitive. Um, the well, the best thing to do is work with an Ayurvedic practitioner to, to get your constitution. For sure, that's very helpful. But if you do some, the only issue that I have with the internet, and it's actually why I'm very excited and very happy that I got sick in the late 90s when I didn't have the internet, is because you had to read books and go deep on topics. Now, we take a quiz or we read one article, and it's nice because we can learn about so much, but it's not definitive. Like there, Ayurveda is the oldest form of medicine. Every form of medicine is based upon the foundation of Ayurveda, which literally translates to the science of life. I studied in India. I studied in Sri Lanka. Um, I was humbled to learn and go there and be like, oh, I have an idea of what it is. I had no idea. Uh, it's so it's so deep, but I recommend that people begin to look into it. I've done a podcast series on Ayurveda, and I also put up body types, like celebrity body types that most people would know, so people can kind of match up their body type to it. So. Let me add one more thing to this, though. A lot of quizzes are not based on the body itself, but actually the mental and physical constitution. And I believe people should always look at them differently because your mental constitution is not that of a kapha. It is of the pitta, right? My body type is not the pitta, but my mindset is that of the pitta. Now, if I were to do a pitta-based diet, or you were, it wouldn't be right for your body type. Now, you might say, oh, well, that's right for my mentality, but that's not true. Mental needs its own diet, a mental diet, and that is the easing into the day. That is the meditation. You know, if you're a go, go, go person, you need to slow yourself down. That's what Ayurveda is all about. But if you're a sluggish person, what do you need to do? Well, you need to do things like vigorous exercise and intervals to get yourself going. So it's funny, but Ayurveda will teach you all of this, and it's, I mean, we could do a three-hour 
podcast on this. It's an amazing, amazing topic. I just like to be an advocate for Ayurvedic medicine. I just think that there's so much wisdom in it and it's what we lack in, in our world today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you said, I'm like, we're like coming to the end of the interview, but I feel like we've hit the topic that I'm like, Oh, I've got so many things that we could go forever, but I'm just, I'm glad that you spoke about it. And I think that it's so, so interesting. And I love that you said the thing about the quiz too, because I've actually done a quiz before and I got told I was a Vata. And so when you said I was like more Kapha, Kapha or Kapha, I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. Um, more Kapha and Pitta body type, that to me was quite actually surprising when you said that because, you know, obviously I've done the quiz, so I've had a look at what's good for a Vata body type and everything like that. But obviously that's not necessarily right for me. So I think making sure that you are looking at like correct sources and things like that and, you know, finding, you know, credible information when it comes to that sort of thing is actually really, really important. So yeah, I just recommend that everybody have a look into that and find out a little bit more about it because I think like you said, making sure that you are looking after your mind and your body based on your constitution is really, really important. So definitely go and check out, there's a podcast series that you did on your podcast. Yes, it started with episode 900, and then it was once a week after that. So it was like 900, 907, 914, and then it was like 922 or so where I did the, the celebrity one to match up. But, you know, my show is only uh, 20, 25 minutes or so, uh, a daily show, and I just teach on one topic every day to – um, kind of just further this, you know, message of it's not always the same. So like Mondays is just about motivation and starting your week and getting the right mindset. And then after that, we go over all different health-based topics. It's, um, it's also a searchable show so people can, you know, feel free to search it um, if they would like. It's called the Cabral Concept and they can learn more about it. Brilliant. I will link that in the show notes below so that people can go and access it because I think that would be a very good starting point for people to be able to start to understand a little bit more about their own constitution. I'm going to go and check it out because I think that that just sounds amazing. Honestly, I have gotten so much out of this. This has been incredible. I feel like I've learned so much and I know that those listening will have learned so much. Um, I did have one other question and then we'll wrap it up, but I did get a lot of girls asking about, you know, probiotics, multivitamins, where it is that they should be starting. Cause I know that you did say, you know, part of the de-stress, like the last element being the supplements, where's a good place for people to start with that? Yeah, we have something called a foundational protocol. And I really believe that this is, if someone's well, you know, they're doing pretty well, but that they could have a little bit more energy. They could be sleeping a little bit better. A foundational protocol is something that takes care of all your vitamins, your minerals, your daily detox, antionic uh, oxidants, your electrolytes from both what's called an orthomolecular perspective. That means vitamins and minerals that are at the right dosage uh, in the right amount that humans need. So, and they're also the methylated sources. I don't want to get too deep into this, but you can buy a vitamin for like $10 at, you know, your local Costco or pharmacy, but it's made from the cheapest substances on earth and you're not going to absorb it. You might just, just honestly, like I would just say, save your money and it's just not worth it. But if you look for a functional medicine brand and we have ours, but there's you know, many that you can, you can choose from. So always just say, look at your labels though. You want the methylated B vitamin. So it's the exact form that your body's used to seeing. It's how it uses it. So what we do is we have something called a daily nutritional support shake or powder. And it has all your vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, daily detox, etc. But we blend that, or we have another product that I think people should look into as well. That's called the daily fruit and vegetable blend. And again, you can use your favorite product, but if you do something like these two, it's going to give you a lot of benefit because the daily fruit and vegetable blend is 22 organic fruits and vegetables that have been juiced and then put into powdered form. So they've been dehydrated. So I look at it as the best of whole food, 22 organic fruits and vegetables combined with the best of state-of-the-art orthomolecular medicine that we know clinically works to give you all the things that you might be low on in terms of why you're stressed and why you can't sleep, et cetera. So we get the best of both worlds, whole food and um, the, the science behind the supplements. And then um, besides those, if you could do two more, what I see people the lowest on from just thousands of labs is omega-3s. And I would say, okay, no need to do omega-3s, but the, the issue is even people with the best plant-based diets and all that, they're still at about a six to one ratio of omega-6s, which are inflammatory fats, to omega-3s. And you should be at a three to one. And just doing that alone literally reduces your risk of heart disease and heart attack. Sudden cardiac death is called by 90%. 
just by getting into the three to one ratio. So that's super simple, not overdoing it. I don't believe in mega dose supplements. I believe in just enough to replace what we're not getting in food. And then um, besides that, I recommend vitamin D. Um, the only way you can't get vitamin D from food, not at a sufficient level to bring your levels up for the, between the 50 and 70, um, you want to be using most people about 35 IUs per pound of body weight. Um, and that would equal about 4,000 IUs per day, keeping it super simple, four to 5,000 IUs a day. Remember, even if it's the summer, if you're not getting a tan, you're not getting vitamin D. Just because the sun's out doesn't mean that you're raising your vitamin D levels. So those are absolutely what I recommend. And then you asked about probiotics. Um, probiotics for everyone, I would say, yes, absolutely, unless you have a lot of times bloating, gas, um, issues with your gut. And the reason is that we work with so many people with what's called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or candida overgrowth, that sometimes the gut's already full. It's overgrown. And if we add more probiotics to it, it does not work as well as us actually doing a removal process first, something called we call a candida bacterial overgrowth uh, protocol, and then repopulating with the good. So that was kind of a mouthful, but that's um, a high level of, of what we recommend recommend for your everyday person. Yeah, no, that's great. And it, it honestly answers some of the very specific questions that were asked. So I'm really glad that you went into that level of depth because I know a lot of girls will be like, yes, <laughs> the exact answer that I was looking for. So that's really, really good. Thank you so much. Honestly, like I said, I've gotten so much out of this. I know that our listeners will have gotten so much value out of this episode. I know that it's something that we could keep talking about forever, but I feel like the hour that we've had to be able to go over some really, really crucial elements has just been absolutely amazing. Um, and I know that it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you so, so much for coming on the show. If there's one last little piece of advice, one thing that you'd like to leave our listeners with, maybe that we didn't touch on during this episode, what would that be? You know, the main thing is that there's so much that we could talk about. There's every different instance and in, in, uh, area of someone's life that I know that you cover on your show and do a great job of that. What I would say is this, really, whatever it is that you're looking to achieve in your life, there's no doubt in my mind, especially having come from a place that I was not, you're not supposed to get better from Addison's disease. You're not supposed to overcome rheumatoid arthritis or type two diabetes or debilitating migraines or insomnia or any of these things that I had. They're not supposed to be overcome, but you can't. And that's the thing. That's the amazing thing, the resilience of our body. So if you have the resilience in your mind, keep in mind, I failed more times than I got better. Like that's, that was it. I failed for 10 years. Now I can look at them as failures or I can always say to myself, listen, I'm willing to make every mistake in the book. And I typically do. But if I, if I'm unwilling to repeat those mistakes, it's only a matter of time. It's never a matter of if it's only a matter of time that you will get well, you will lose the weight and you'll get back that life that you wanted. So as long as you can take that from this interview, there's nothing that can stop you. It's just information. That's it. You're just missing the information. I love that. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful note to finish on. It's, you know, your body wants to be well and it's not an if, it's a when. So yeah, definitely take that away. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, like I said, really appreciated it. For those who want to connect with you further, where's the best places that they can find you? My podcast called The Cabral Concept is at stephencabral.com forward slash podcast. That's my main home and hub. Um, I'd love to be able to help in any way that I can on, on Instagram is the only social site I pretty much um, can maintain and, and hang out. That's uh, just my name, Stephen Cabral. Um, and that's it. My book is the rain barrel effect. It's just all content based. Like if you listen to the podcast, if you read the book, you'll learn a little bit more. And when you learn more, you have more questions and then you can go and you can seek those answers and, and, and take it from there. So it was an honor being on. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate all the work that you're doing too for your community and, and women all over the world. So thank you. Thank you so much. Again, really appreciate it. And definitely go and check out his Instagram. We will link that one below. There's so much incredible value on there. You're doing an amazing job over there. So yeah, definitely go and check that out. Thank you so much, Dr. Steven. It's been incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for spending this time with me. If you loved the episode, make sure that you let me know by leaving a five-star review, screenshot the episode and share it in your stories or send me a DM. Make sure you come and connect with me over on Insta at Peters and check out my website for programs, courses and tools that will help you take everything that we talk about on the podcast to a whole other level. I love you. I'm sending you all the high vibes and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.